On today's show, the Dallas Mavericks go down against the Boston Celtics. What did we learn from this game? What did we see from Jaden Hardy? We'll talk about that and more on today's Like on Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked on Mavericks. NBA champion. He hit it don't believe you shouldn't be here. Loyalty never fades away. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen each and every day and every post game. We are free and available on all podcast platforms, including YouTube. The best way you can help us grow the show, comment anything below. This is a bad loss, so I'm assuming the comment section will be plentiful yeah <laughs> it's like go. bad loss it's like 400 comments really good win 200 comments <laughs> that's always yeah. the case after games like this today's episode is brought to you by linkedin linkedin jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on mba and joining me as always my co-host writer contributor mavs.com the boston boiler the one more thinking what you got for me isaac harris well uh snap back to reality Oh, there goes gravity. Oh, there goes rabbit. He choked. He's so mad, but he won't give up that easy. Nope. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Um, We had multiple comments the other day about your singing of that other song. Uh, It's great. (laughs) Guys, I'm just a musical genius. Uh, Shout out to John Corrales. Met John, uh, host of Locked On Celtics. Met John tonight, traveling and uh, covering the Celtics here in Dallas. You ate lunch with him. Did he have any big Dallas takeaways or anything? Uh, I don't think he had any Dallas takes. He's questioning if Jason Kidd's a good coach, and I, I don't know. I might be too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a good, what what a great game tonight! I had somebody text me uh, during the game and said, "Hey, Luca looks like me. Looks like he's late in his thirties and needing another beer, <laughs> and he, he's like hobbling around." Luca did look like. Uh, Luca looks. <laughs> Luca looked like uh, late in career Dirk Nowitzki tonight. Dang. He's struggling. Wow. struggling. Wow. I don't know about that. But so today we'll talk about the Dallas Mavericks loss to the Celtics. Talk about some things that we learned. We did get some good Jaden Hardy minutes, though. So even though it was like a really bad loss, still some good stuff to talk about. What could his role be in the Mavericks going forward? Could Jason Kidd finally find him some minutes? I know that's a thing Jason Kidd told us that he wants to do is to find Jaden Hardy minutes. So can he do he's that? He's looking for him. Yeah. He's looking for him. I don't know where he's going to find him. But, uh, but yeah. Nick, that's a good question. Thank you. <laughs> so we'll talk about that. Um, but, yeah, let's get into this game. So the Dallas Mavericks, they lose 124 to 95. And it was just one of those games where from just the very beginning, it was only a nine-point lead for the Celtics after the first quarter. But you just could see this Mavericks team was not as good. <laughs> That's the Celtics. That's kind of it, right? They got outclassed. It's another one of those games like the Cavs game that we talked about earlier in the year where you go into a game and you just got beat at every level of the game. And like Isaac said, Luka Doncic wasn't at his best. And when Luka Doncic's not at his best, like at his 90 percentile, 100 percentile of what Luka Doncic can be, then this team doesn't even perform well, let alone like get close to winning. Yeah, they're... I love watching their team play basketball, Boston. You know, obviously not against Dallas because, you know, they just smoked us and all that. I know you're a secret Celtics fan, so. No, 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 you are. That's where your Lakers and LeBron hate comes from. (laughs) 
Um, but you see a team that, you know, they invest in the perimeter, they invest in these guys that, you know, they could switch, you know, almost everybody they have on the floor can hit a three or can put the ball on the floor. Even like Al Horford, you saw the difference of a team like Dallas and in, in Boston in the sense of quick decision making. Yeah. Like they are passing the ball like so quick and all first, the way around. first play of the game was like, oh no, this is gonna be a long night. <laughs> Yeah, and it was just it felt like they had so many open threes. They spaced the floor out so well. They know where everybody's at. And it was just like, wow, like what what is going on? Like it felt like, you know, it felt like one of those times in high school to where you go you just go up against another like division in, in high school. It's hard because I was in like a small town and like in Dallas there's all these like crazy you know, classes and all this yeah. stuff but it's like you, you you play that one school that's just like a, out of your like whole district we, so i i played AAU basketball in middle school and we oh flexing we on had, us. Uh, <laughs> oh, I was not, I was AAU not, I was not good but we, play, we I played AAU and we went and we play we scrimmaged against this team from um oh what was the what was the school what was the city name it was a city like a couple miles, like a couple, couple miles away. No, in in, in uh, Cincinnati, and there's this guy named Niles, and we get and he just like he dunked right in the middle of the game, and like we get done with the game, and the coach goes, "All right, you guys write down any of those names because uh, you might be hearing about those guys in college and the NBA." And like you just you get done with the game, and you're like, "Oh dang, we just got thoroughly beat so badly that the coach is saying like, hey, watch out for those guys playing on like the next level.'" <laughs> Sounds like Jason Kidd and I, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I mean that that's just, there were so many things they were doing in the game. We're like, Oh, okay. That's what a really, really good team does. Now get, we get it. It was a bounce back game for arguably the best team in the league. They yeah. got just embarrassed in OKC. Hosed. And so this was their next game after that. And you're like, you knew that they were wanting to bounce back, play really well, yep. but still for Dallas, like, I mean, it just they just looked like they're playing almost a different sport at, at times tonight. Yeah, it did. That that's it's not hard to see if you were watching the game, but you start to wonder like, okay, well, what's the big difference between the teams? And it kind of comes down to talent. We've talked about it a lot, but it comes down to talent. It comes down to that second guy next to Luca. If Luca isn't a hundred percent, you could tell he was dealing with some kind of like respiratory illness or something. He was he was coughing. He was like they were talking about he was having trouble breathing on the broadcast, and I was like. Then I would look at Luca. Like, <laughs> he'd look like he was having the fun and like like being fine. But um, well, no, it was weird because he left the game. There, you know, it was like a, yeah. in the first quarter. I mean, you know, he's standing at half court and he like points at the bench and he's like pointing at the locker room and he's like walking across the court. And I remember I was like, "What's going on with that?" And I think it was Brad or you know somebody tweeted out saying it's it something with his foot. And so then he comes back, but then he comes back in the game. And it, and he's like holding his chest and yeah. stuff a lot. I, I lean over Bobby. I'm like, what is he doing holding his chest so much? And he was coughing a ton. So I don't I don't know. I can't. I don't want to even like speculate or anything. But it's like, what you know? Was he battling through something or whatever? But it was like the coughing and the foot. He just he just was just off tonight. And when Luca's off, this team can't overcome no. that at all in any in any way or in any phase of the game, right? And so. Uh, at the end of the first quarter, what you were talking about is he got his left ankle looked at, according to Brad Townsend. So that was something. But then, yeah, he came back and he had his he had like his his face in his jersey as he was like you know 
I don't know what, what, was, what was going on with Luca. I don't know no, if anybody know. knows what was happening with him. He, he didn't, didn't talk to the media. He didn't yeah. talk to the media post game or anything like that. So we, uh, yeah, when when the Dallas Mavericks don't have that, and honestly, we'll through the clip. through the first uh, through the first half, they had 16 threes. In the third quarter, they took 10 more. So they only took 26 threes in the first three quarters. It reminded me a lot of the playoff games that we covered, where there was a formula. There's a formula for this team. They had to take enough enough three pointers and enough three-point shots in order for the variance to, like, catch up with them, right? Like, they had mm-hmm. to take enough and get enough opportunities if they were ever going to go on any kind of run and catch this team, and they just didn't get enough up in the first three quarters, right? In the fourth quarter doesn't really count because it's garbage time. They could, yeah, they, they couldn't get it up. Yeah, no, yeah, they, they couldn't get it up in, in any way tonight. But, uh, you know, there's medication for that if you need to. Blue Chew used to be a sponsor. We... um but we would talk about that all throughout the playoff run last year. It's like, okay, they for this team to win, there has to be a formula. They have to get up enough threes in order to to win or to have a chance to win. And they just didn't do that in this game either. The Celtics were just so good defending and and running them off the three point line. And then when yeah. you run the Mavs off the three point line, it's like, all right, what what are other options? Okay, well it's Christian Wood on a Marcus Smart one on one. It's it's Luca on a Al yeah. Horford one on one that he took advantage of and, and hit him. It's you know Dinwiddie against Jalen Brown on a switch. Like okay, well there's just not a ton of like easy options for us, and that's the difference between a, a, a playoff team that the Mavs are and a championship team that the, the Celtics are looking to be. Uh, coming up though, there's a couple of quotes post game that I found kind of interesting. One from Jason Kidd, one from Spencer Dinwiddie. Do the Mavericks know who they are? Have they accepted what they are and what level they are as a team? What does that tell us about the Mavs going forward? We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about LinkedIn. It's the best place to uh, post your job. You can post your job for free. They have a ton of accounts. Like Everybody has a LinkedIn, it seems like. And it's easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. You can get LinkedIn jobs. It's the number one at delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. You can go check out LinkedIn right now. It helps you uh, quickly attract candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They have 875 million member profiles. That's a ton of member profiles. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MBA to post your job for free terms and conditions. They will apply. All right, Isaac Harris, thanks for making Lockdown Maps your first listen today. Go check out Lockdown NBA. I hosted it yesterday, so you may want to hear me and Pat talk about something else besides the maps. You can hear uh, Lockdown Sports today as well. Great stuff every day on on all kinds of sports. Um, Post game, there's a couple of quotes that I found interesting, and I'm curious what your thoughts are on these. I'm ready. I asked Jason Kidd, I said, you know, what's the message to your team after a loss like this where you just you don't look good on either end? Like they just didn't play well on offense, didn't play well on defense. What's your message? And he said, quote, we Do just you have a clip of this. I have my interpretation of what he would sound like. Twitter <laughs> isn't the coach. No, not, no, he's, we just lost to the best team in the league. Look and see how they played and how the how the ball was shared. They executed their game plan. They did a lot of things. They go to the finals last year and have a new coach. Their ability uh, if things aren't going well, their two stars aren't going well in the first half. In this game, I understand Tatum as a triple-double, which is pretty cool. Blah, blah, blah. He starts going through that. But, like, other guys stepping up. The quote that stands out to me in that is, we just lost to the best team in the league. Then Dinwiddie is asked a question about, you know, what went wrong tonight and how the Mavs, you know, can bounce back from a game like this. And one of the things he said was, you know, obviously losing to the Celtics on paper isn't the most terrible loss in the world. 
And so you hear those two quotes separately, and you're like, okay, Jason Kidd's message to the team was, well, we just lost the best team in the NBA. Okay, and it wasn't like, hey, we could we should have been better in these areas because we could have beat this team. It was, no, that's the best team in the NBA. And then Dinwiddie's was, well, you know, a loss of the Celtics doesn't look too bad on paper, which is true, right? Both those things can be true, but does it tell us that the Mavericks have accepted that they as a team are on a certain level? That, all right, we know who we are as a team. And I think they've learned that throughout this year by like overestimate, like underestimating a lot of opponents. They lost a bunch of games this season where the star was sitting. Paolo Bancaro sits for the Magic, they lose. Uh, Zion and Ingram are out for the, the Pelicans and they lose, right? All these games where they just come in and they overestimated, thinking we're better than we are. And now they go through a stretch where Luka had to go nuclear and against these bad teams and they still they, they had to scrap their way to wins. And then they play teams like Boston earlier this year, Milwaukee earlier this year. And now this Boston team, you're like, all right, we're just not on their level. We're, we, we're not on their level. We're not as good as we thought we were. Here we are. Yeah. What was your question? I did. I was just, that was my, that was my take. Oh, that's my, that's my take. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they're not on that. They're not on that take, class. Either. I don't know. Like sports <laughs> podcasts. We, we do it. Is that a hot take? Um, first take. No. I mean, I think they, no, no it's horrible, horrible first thing. I think they know who they are, right? I mean, yeah. it feels like, I, I don't know if I'm ready to go like draw big conclusions by those comments of like, hey, they felt defeated before I even started or even like something like that. I, I, I don't think that. Um, and I would assume Jason Kidd said, I would assume that he said more than just, you know, walking into the locker room and. Hey, it's the best team in the league. So uh, see y'all tomorrow. He didn't do the thing uh, that my middle school coach said, where he was like, "That's a great team over there. Look for them to play in college in the NBA." Look for Jason Tatum and be in the Hall of Fame one day. So, um, <laughs> but, but I mean, it's just you know, I think the only thing that I would look at and say, oh, "Okay," you know, it would be the Jason Kidd comment, and like maybe that's a reflection of like coaching staff, front office, that they understand that it's a sign that we we can see that they they know that we're not on that level like hey as a team it, it's just we're not on the same level as Boston Milwaukee like a true title contender like that and maybe that is a, a little sign of like they could you know be more active i don't know which we know we know that they think that because last year when they went to the western conference finals how quick how quick was Nico Harrison and Jason Kidd to say, "Well, we over, we we uh over, we what what was it? We over, we outperformed. What was it? What was the phrase that they used? Overachieved. We overachieved. We overachieved this year, getting to the Western Conference Finals. And I know people are going to expect a lot from us next year, but you know we overachieved this year. And so, like, they really wanted to temper expectations going into this next year and say, and not be like, we've arrived. Like, we're here. We're we're ready. We're going to take the next step going forward." And, you know, we expect to be in contention, right? Like that a, that a title contending team should think, but they're not. And like all the fans think that they're not. And the team doesn't think that they are either. So this is one of the things with, you know, oh, but Cuban and Nico are going to ruin this team because blah, blah, blah. They, they think that they're good enough. And they think Dwight Powell and Block and Tim Hardaway are good enough. They don't think that. Like they don't think that they're on this level. They They know that there's like another level they can get to. And they know that they have to make some moves in order to do it. It's just when can those moves be made in the best way possible. And that's that's the act that the front office has to run and that the coaching staff is probably waiting for. Like, all right, well, 
we'll wait around for that move to be made until we're in that level. Um, but until then, we'll we'll try and, and win games just by the three or or die by the, <laughs> die by the three basically until then. Yeah, because I mean, I think you you've seen it, you know, tonight that you know when we talk about ha- having a second star, or a second running mate next to Luca, these are the nights that you want that guy to take over, right? Yeah. Like these are the nights that you look at and say, man, Luca physically looks out of it. Just, I mean, he had twenty three, but it felt like that was like tough to get to 23 tonight. And, you know, this is the night that you want that next guy. And, you know, for Dinwiddie and Christian Wood, like they had okay games. I mean, you know, Christian Wood had, had 12, Dinwiddie had 18, but like they struggled, you know, Dinwiddie was aggressive. I, I, I liked that from him, especially early. Like he was aggressive at getting yeah. to the basket. Um, Derek, Derek White's block on his dunk was tough. Um, after after the game, didn't what he said? You know, if it was going to be anybody, another Buffalo from Colorado, like they both went to Colorado. Uh, he was like, I forgot you know, about that. Glad it was him. And uh, but then Tim McMahon asked, "He's like, what did you what did you say to him after the game or after that that he blocked your dunk?" And he was like, "Oh, it was already slipping out of my hand. That's what I told him. It's like it was already slipping out of my hand when I went." <laughs> it actually was slipping out of his hand. <laughs> That's what he said. So. <laughs> I mean, because I, I I seen that, but I was like, oh, I'm not going to tweet this out. Cause it's gonna, <laughs> Be like a Homer thing, but, uh, <laughs> but, but like both of them, you know, Mavs state media, <laughs> there's all of these, you know, um, you know, Boston has all these guys that are so good on defense, Jalen Brown, Marcus smart, you know, Tatum, all that's like, Probably. they can just switch and guard all these guys. And it's like, even like Christian Wood, like he didn't have, you know, there was multiple guys that he went up against tonight that he didn't have a mismatch on, including Marcus smart, you know, Grant Williams, you know, Rob Williams had a nasty block on him. So, I would counter that Christian Wood didn't have a single mismatch in this game because there was no him versus Derek White one on one. That would have been the one mismatch he could have gotten. But there was not as like of the rotation guys that played in this game: Tatum, Brown, Horford, Smart, Grant Williams, even Brogdon's pretty big and stocky. Robert Williams, like he's not getting a mismatch on any of those guys, and that's where Christian Wood really can take advantage, be an advantage for your team. And if you have all these guys that can eat, both step out on the three. Guarding the post because they're really strong. Like that takes away all your advantage as Christian Wood. And so he struggled. He struggled in this game. I thought he had a better third quarter. He came out firing a little bit more, grabbing some more rebounds. I thought he was a lot better in the third, but it was it was a little shell shocking for him to come out and be like, oh dang, this is like the level you have to play. Yeah, it was a little bit, you know, beyond just him. I'm not singling for out sure. him in this. It was a little bit of, you know, a little like Dorothy from Wizard of Oz of we're not in Kansas anymore. It's like, hey, we're not playing the Rockets anymore. And it's like, I even joked about it on Twitter. I'm like, can we play the Rockets again? Like, I don't even want to see the Rockets. Isaac, play you again, were but... just complaining about how you hated the Rockets and we're so done with the Rockets and now you want them back. But, but what a difference though. I mean, we yeah. were talking before the, before this Boston game, you know, on a pod two days ago saying, all right, let's see what this looks like now. Now we're going to go up against a good team whenever, you know, the seven game winning streak was three of those was against Houston. Another one was against San Antonio and, you know, that New York game without Brunson and RJ Barrett, that that was the 60, you know, triple double game and all that. So it it was it was kind of like a back down to earth humbling moment of, all right, here we are. Now let's put this to test against Boston and uh, Boston's one of the best teams in the league. <laughs> and we should mention missing three of your four best defensive players. This is one of the worst games you can have. Yeah, missing those three guys, right? That like, would be guarding all of those guys. Like yeah. Tim ain't guarding any of those dudes on a no. on a regular basis. No, this is a game where you start, you you figure out a way to start, um, 
We've seen Max and Gart. The Bang Bros. <laughs> you figure out a way to start both of those guys. And maybe Josh, too. Like, maybe you figure out a way to do that, too, because you have so many wing guys to cover that you don't want to put Luca on. You don't want to have Wood having to, to figure out a way to guard them. And, like, maybe you figure out – you maybe sit Dinwiddie and have him come off the bench for a little bit of scoring punch. But, uh, but yeah, having all three of those guys out, is that that hurts you really bad in this in this game especially. We've seen Maxi guard Jason Tatum in past yep. past years. So it's like, I mean, from Maxi to Dorian to Josh Green, like all three of those dudes would be playing defense on these guys before Tim Hardaway. One guy we did see play and play pretty well was Jaden Hardy. Came out in the fourth quarter. Oh, we almost got my dream scenario. We almost got my dream scenario. Let's talk about how Jaden Hardy looked, what we saw from him. And what he can do for the Mavs going forward. Talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Bet Online. It's the best place to check out odds and lines in sports. You can go check out the uh, conference futures. Who do you think is the 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 favorite to win the East? Isaac Harris, Boston, <laughs> plus two hundred for Boston. The, the uh, Bucks are plus three hundred right behind them. The Nets plus three fifty right behind the the Bucks right there. They're, they've Whoa. really shot up the charts. Cavs plus 850, that's a pretty good, and the Sixers plus 850. Those are some pretty good odds if you want to check that out. Raptors plus three uh, plus uh, 3,300, that one is interesting. Long shot bets, wow, Bulls plus one, <laughs> plus uh, 125,000, no, 12,000, plus 12,000. So if you bet 100 bucks on the Bulls to win the East and they do somehow, you'll win $12,000, so. If you're a gambler, you really want to do a gamble, maybe check this out. They have all kinds of other stuff, too. They'll have NFL. They have college sports going into the final game, and uh, you'll have all kinds of stuff on Bet Online. Check it out. It's Bet Online where the game starts. starts. All right, Isaac Harris, let's talk about Jaden Hardy. I, I'm going to do it. Hardy, let's go party. The laugh in there. The laugh in there is amazing. It's from our interview on Media Day. And it's my favorite thing I think we've ever done. <laughs> Got Jaden Hardy laugh like that. Uh, we saw Jaden Hardy check in a little bit earlier in the game. We saw him and uh, McKinley Wright come up off the bench. And all of a sudden, Jason Kidd was like, hey, let's just go with whatever. There's three minutes left in the third quarter. Mavericks were down 59-81 to 81 after just a run from the Celtics where it felt like the Mavs could maybe get back in. What did they, they cut it to 11 in the third quarter at a certain point, And then the Celtics just started hitting threes again. Kid subbed that, in Hardy and McKinley Wright with Luka, Dinwiddie, and Dwight Powell. Just felt like he was really trying to throw. Like It really felt like he switched pitchers, right? Like, in, in like, it, felt like, it felt like he looked at Sean Sweeney and was like, hey, do you have like all the, all the, you know, like the team roster on like playing cards? And it like it's turned around backwards and kids just like, all right, I got McKinley, right? You want to put him in? I got Dwight and he just pulled out five players. I didn't, is that a, is that a Rick Carlisle three guard lineup? Because it's like Dinwiddie, McKinley, right? Jaden Hardy Luca out there. I know if you want to count Luca, it was one of the weirdest lines I've, I've seen this whole year, but. But I also don't blame him because nothing else was working. Yeah, he had to try. He had to try something else, and so he did. He tried that. But we saw Jaden Hardy go out there and he hit a three early. And in the fourth quarter, he played the entire fourth quarter, had twelve yeah, points, two assists, 
and uh, and two rebounds, and he took it at J- at Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And Dinwiddie was like deferring to him in the open court, saying, "Hey, go for it, man! Like you got this." Dinwiddie had played like forty minutes; yeah. he was really tired. But why? Everybody was tweeting about why Jason Tatum, all of them were in the game, and I'm sitting there saying, "Why is Dinwiddie playing forty minutes in this game when they're they're down by twenty at halftime?" So, but Hardy was leading them at a certain point. He was hitting some. He hit a couple of threes. He had a couple of plays in transition. Went to the free throw line once. He cut it to 15, and that's when you go, okay, my scenario that I've been calling for since the beginning is one of these games, the Mavs are going to be down by a lot. The other team's going to pull their starters. The Mavericks are going to put out Jaden Hardy, and he's going to come back and like score 18 points in a quarter and lead them to a comeback. And all of a sudden, both teams are going to be like, well, dang, should we put our starters back in? Should we put our starters back in and try to actually win this? Or how can we hold on to this win? This, you know, This kid is going at us. Almost got that. We were like – one run away from that, but Missoula decided to, to leave the starters in, and the starters were in there for a while. They didn't really throw out their bench until, like, what, three minutes left? Maybe Missoula was uh, scared of Jaden Hardy, and that's why he left him in. Hey, he's been listening to the Lockdown Mavs, and he knows, you know, you don't you don't mess with the Hardy party. Hardy, let's go party. <laughs> what did you dance. see from Jaden Hardy in this game? aggression it was it was a lot of fun i mean you don't have anything to lose right when when you get put in for a game like that and um you know i think like a lot of mav sense you you watch that and you're like can you just shoot every shot (laughs) just give the ball to him every time and they were you know they were for a little bit it's just saying hey clear it out true or false he's the quickest driver on the team i think he is yeah, prob- this, probably true. This dude, like, shot to the basket. I mean, yeah. just like, I'm like, whoa. And it just pops off the screen about how, because, you know, Luca and Dinwiddie, you know, they're, you know, great drivers, but they're more of like crafty, the herky jerky, you know, yeah. like shifty, you know, all of that stuff. Jaden Hardy's just zoof right to the basket. And I mean, yeah, the threes look good. He, you know, hit all three of his threes. He was a lot of fun tonight, man. Like, he's, He's fun. I don't know what I still don't know what his like role is because you know defensive and all that stuff. He's not the best defensive player. Yeah. So I think long term, I'm still I'm still married to the Jordan Poole comp for Jaden Hardy. It's still my favorite comp, but yeah. And and it's still it gives you the glimpses too of there's so many trade possibilities with this Mavs team that. If they if they make one or two consolidation type trades, two for ones or a three for one type of deal, or or if it's one of those like three you know three for three trades, but the other two are like non guarantee guys, and they're like, all right, screw it, we're waving them, and they have to like Jaden Hardy has to play some minutes. That's the type of thing. Like, all right, this is fun. Like they trade a couple of bench guys, and now he has to be the seventh or eighth man on the team. You know, it's a term about Jaden Hardy that didn't what he used tonight. He's got some boogie in his game. <laughs> Not boogie cousins, but he's got some some boogie. Like he's got some. He can. Uh, he basically he can he can handle the ball. He can he can do all the stuff that you were talking about. He's got that quick first step, quick second step. He's got just quick and just quick in general, and yeah. uh, you know can can dribble and get into spaces and find and find his spot on the floor. And uh, he said like there's only a couple guys on the roster that have that. It's you know it's Luca, it's Kemba, it's it's Jaden. And I thought that I thought that it was good praise and it was a good word from from Dinwiddie. He's got some boogie in his game. I I like him as the two guard, 
it, you saw tonight a little bit whenever they were clearing out and like running the offense through him. When it comes to like like creating for others, I don't, I don't know if it. He tried to throw this like lob to Javel, and I thought it was gonna put another leak in the AAC because I mean it was just like wild. It was like he's a little too wild out there to like run the offense. So I like him playing off the ball, but. But I yeah. asked him after the game, and you can go watch our YouTube shorts and hear my couple of questions I asked Jaden Hardy. But I asked him, have you been working with God Shamgod, who's the Mavericks, like basically ball handling coach. He's a ball handling legend in the, in the NBA and in college. Guru. And, and uh, the ball handling guru for the Mavs. He said, yeah, we've been doing some some workouts. We've been doing some one-on-one workouts. And I'm like, yes, that's the key for his game going forward. He's so quick. He's so shifty. But the ball has to stay with him. There's so many times in the G League I've watched him this year where he drives into guys and just collapses. There was a couple, couple games ago in the NBA. He had one of those games where he just drove into a couple guys, collapsed on the floor, and you're like, wait, what just happened? Like, how did he lose the ball? And he's on the ground, too. Like, <laughs> And uh, yeah. I think ball handling and improving his handle is going to be a huge step in the right direction, but you saw what he's capable of. Do you think that this will entice kid to finally find the minutes that kid said weeks ago that he needs to find for Jaden Hardy? I mean, I don't think this changed anything with Jason kid, but I think it just shows them that they have some of somebody capable that if they do consolidate some of the roster, he's ready for some more time. So the thing that I don't get is they need somebody like this. Like they need somebody else with like, the they need somebody like it, but they're not going to play him over Reggie. I know some fans are like, hey. Or Tim. Tim's the other play. option. Like, Tim's under contract for multiple years making $18, $19 million. They're not going to play. They're not going to just bench Tim for Jaden Hardy. And I'm, I'm pretty sorry. sure he's on like, the leadership council. <laughs> yeah. Let Tim uh, vote to although approve so, that one on the council. So is Dwight. So, <laughs> so I, I just, I think that they would. They would trade Reggie Bullock before they, they before they would just bench him for Jaden Hardy. Like that's the type of thing. Like I just don't I don't think that Jason Gendlem is going to do that. And we've done this we've done this whole thing before about Jaden Hardy, but his path to minutes looks a lot easier right now with Josh Green out, with Dorian out, you know, even with Maxi out than yeah. it does when all those guys are back and all of a sudden you're like, okay, well, there's it's really hard to find minutes. But they do need that skill set. Is my point earlier yeah. is that they do. Now, need- I, I, I don't understand why Frank plays over him. I don't yeah, understand yeah, there that. You go. That makes zero sense to me because they always play. They typically always play Frank with another point guard. So I'm like, why, why are we, why are we doing this with Frank over him? Which doesn't on the grand scheme of things, doesn't change everything because Frank only averages what, I don't know, five to eight minutes a game sometimes. But like, I just don't. I don't see any scenario in which Frank should play over him. But well, and recently McKinley Wright's been playing over both Frank and Jaden Hardy, and it's because of defense. Because kids trying to find the defense somewhere and trying to find where this team can find defense, especially with those three guys out. But I don't know. At, at this point, you still got to lean off, lean all offense. You got to have. You got to be able to go on some runs because you, you can't stop anybody. The, the way that your your team is, like the personnel yeah. is right now. Let us know in the comment section below what's uh, what's one thing you liked that you saw from Jaden Hardy. Let us know below, and then uh, we'll be back with some post games this weekend. We've got some, as I just showed everybody on YouTube, my calendar. We have um, the Pelicans on Saturday. That's a home game. We'll have a post game after that. Zion Williamson will not play probably in that game. Uh, the Thunder is the game after that. Second night of a back to back, and so we'll have a post game for you for that game as well, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom!